hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Okay. Uh, hello. Hi. So this is different. <laughs> I mean, if you have um, never watched one of my videos before, you don't care. But I have a studio. Look at this. It's still in construction. I only have about 50% of the year, but um, 
like I I can't wait to get my microphone stand the cool like arm bend one but right now I have to hold it <laughs> um Ashley and I are starting a new show soon um to go along with the AJ podcast like a, a different a different show and so I decided this time around I want to do it different I want to do it at the highest production quality so when I started my show back in like 2020 um I just bootstrapped it and I've been doing it that way ever since just got a microphone and just started recording podcasts um and I still do it that way but this time we want to do um a different show we have a couple of ideas actually for some different shows in the future but this is the first time that we're gonna like really try to up that production quality quite purely because I want to um, I've always been kind of techie I like digital drawing I like building websites I like building marketing campaigns and I like making content and in the past few years um, I actually started the company on my own and Ashley came later and I've really been like head of IT <laughs> for a long time and so if we want to get anything done we just have to do it and not really worry about the bells and whistles and I think that that's really great advice for anyone starting a business online, but it's just time for some bells and whistles. I've earned it. And you know, what happened was I actually went and recorded a podcast with um, a friend, Carly Brauner of the Doing It Different show. And she, I, I had to drive into Austin for it and go to a podcast studio. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So I start looking into like, maybe we should use it. Maybe Ashley and I should meet here and record in person and have guests and record in person. Cause this is, this just like feels legit. Like, you know what? I'm a grown woman. This is not a baby business anymore. We are making money. We are doing moves. Like we're legit and I'm going to start acting like it. <laughs> so I, um, I start looking into like their memberships and they're anywhere between like 500 and 800 bucks a month. And at first I was like, I'm a big girl. I want to do this, but I'm looking at it and like all the equipment and I'm like, I'm going to price this out. If I built this studio, what would it cost? Like how many months of like a $500 membership and actually I was looking more at the $700 one just for what I wanted. How much would that cost? So I pressed that out and I was like, I'm building my own studio. So it's halfway under construction. I'm still waiting on some stuff, but I have my studio lighting. I have half of my soundproofing. I have a bit more coming. Um, I have like a glow sign. I want a glowing sign. Maybe. I mean, it's overdone. But I don't know. Like, what do you think of just the plain black background? Is that cool or is it like meh? So I'm in like a corner of my office. I've created this. Um, so yeah, we're just missing a few more pieces and I have my laptop just like monitoring stuff because this is new to me. So I'm probably looking everywhere. Anyway, boring story. But with the with the new podcast, we're still trying to think of a name for it. And I would love your help. <laughs> so I did ask on Instagram uh, people's ideas and I got a lot of like some interesting themes about I guess what people because we didn't really tell people what the show would be about very much so it was interesting as an experiment to see like where people assumed Ashley and I would go so there was a lot of like life beyond HA the word beyond came up a lot um 
you know, words like nourished and fully nourished and, and things like that. And that was cool. But what I just know that my personality is like, I'm not girly. And even though I have like a basically show that advocates for women's health and body image and all that good stuff, um, I just was like, I just am not going to have a show that's called like, like, I don't even know, like nourished and flourish the world. That was a suggestion from someone, not of nourished to flourish, like love it. But it's not me. Do you know what I mean? It's just not me. Like, I just, I want something funny. And Ashley's the same way. She is also, like, like funny, sarcastic, entertaining. And so the show is going to be um, very much about our expertise, which is, like, women's health, body image. Um, you know, there's tons of shows out there like that, right? But we also want to work in, like, some current affairs, business entrepreneurial, and we, I promise we have a different approach in mind. I also want to do like some segments. I have some cool segments in mind. Um, I really love the format of shows. A couple of my favorite shows are the Hamish and Andy show and Tony and Ryan. And I just love how they have like segments with banter and I'm just inspired by it. So I'm just creating like a whole new show. I've never done a show that has actual structure before. So this should be new. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, guys. We'll see. I might just be ovulating and just be like on major inspiration mode. So we'll see. But yeah, anyway, a name, I like a name that comes to mind for me that's like less girly and more kind of fun is... um. I love the idea of like how other girls girl or uh, one that I'm playing with a lot is average unicorns because unicorn comes up in almost every like category genre. You could be a unicorn in business, but you could also have unicorn syndrome. And Ashley and I talk a lot about unicorn syndrome. We're just like women all, we all love health for everyone else. We're all like, yeah, you go girl you have a great relationship with food and you deserve to be comfortable in your body but like not me I'm the exception it's not okay for me I'm the unicorn or hey I know that like you need to do this for health but I think that I am not that way like I think that I will not achieve these things that way or I can achieve health while maintaining my unhealthy like habits and beliefs so that, like we're all unicorns in some way and I thought that like average unicorn would be like a funny oxymoron and I, it just like suits Ashley and I because we say it so much but I don't know maybe it's lame you tell me I'm really interested I want name ideas give me them you know names are usually something I'm kind of good at the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast for example <laughs> okay so I really wanted to do this episode today really to like test drive all my gear, but um, I might as well make something valuable out of it. So I was going to do a YouTube q and I've got lots of YouTube questions I haven't replied to. I know I need to, so I'm going to bang out a bunch of them right here. So let's just dive right in, shall we? Okay. 
thank you. Oh, Lena says, thank you for all of the great advice. I had my first baby at 26 years old with the help of IB IVF. But after following your advice, I just found out I'm pregnant with baby number three. Oh, this is not a question. Sorry, guys. Okay. AU says, hello. Five months ago, my cycle returned and it had been regular until this month and I haven't had it again. What am I doing wrong? So I've talked a lot about like when you miss the second period or what you might expect in a second ovulation. I have videos on this topic, like how long will it take? And you can expect it to maybe take a little longer than usual. But if you had four cycles in a row and now you don't have one, something changed. So probably something in your life changed, whether it be stress, work, study, relationships, you might have been traveling or you might have been moving through to, hey, I've had my recover, my had my menstrual cycle for five months now after not having had it forever. Uh, I'm going to start working in some more exercise or maybe I'm going to cut back on food a little bit because, you know, I can't justify continuing to eat this way. Um, I'm, I'm now healed, right? That is typically what gets us a little bit of a delayed cycle. You know, it's going to take you at least a solid year before you're no longer really sensitive to um, that kind of stuff. So I highly recommend that you do a um, like a review, look back at your calendar, what were you doing the last four months, what was working. Chances are you made some changes around like month three in the fourth cycle, like still came, but hormones were getting a little lower again, and then the next one didn't come. So really think back, what got you your first and second periods? What have you been less consistent with, whether it be consciously or subconsciously within your control or not within your control, and try and replicate that. And it's really important to kind of figure out where did the change come from? If it was like you were studying or things got crazy at work, it's like, look, that's real life. And that's okay. But if you found yourself being a little less diligent with what you need to do to maintain your menstrual cycle, right? You thought you were the unicorn and you didn't need to keep going this way or you don't deserve to keep eating in this way. That's the kind of thing that's going to make your menstrual cycle go backwards. So I recommend you do that review and you'll figure it out. Okay. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even we have created a checklist it's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially 
affecting your recovery today. So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect. And then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery. So to get the checklist, all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you. You can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you you know, systematically kicked it to the curb. So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot, and it will be waiting for you there. Is this a question? No. Comment. Okay. I think this is a question, so I'm just going to read it and find out. Uh, Celissa or C. Lisa? Clissa? Says, most recently, I started exercising again after not exercising since November, and I started doing a version of the 12-3-30 treadmill. I don't know what that is. And I think that that shocked my body because my period was a week late this month and I'm not stressed and I eat pretty well, but it's my body's way of saying slow down. I really wanted to stick to it every day and took three days off so far and finally got my period and I'm torn whether to do Pilates or do treadmill again. I'm in my 20s and never been on any medications and I'm not stressed. Since this period was odd. My periods always, are always regular. I was never a cardio person in general, but in the past, I stuck to light at-home strength training exercises with weights, not super heavy. And that didn't affect my period, but with the whole 12-3-30, or in my case, 72.5-30, it's a sort of struggle to just walk that fast for 30 minutes. Okay. I'm not sure I fully followed all of that, all of that stuff, um, but I'm hearing like it seems weird that the exercise I'm doing and what I'm doing is impacting my menstrual cycle, and so I get that. Like this seems like it shouldn't be that consequential. Like what's going on? But honestly, like this is just how it goes, and I don't know. Um, I assume you have a history of HA, Clissa. Um, and so that you started exercising again in November and it was all going well and then this changed. If if you were getting your period back doing this type of exercise and then it went away, it's probably not that necessarily. It's probably like everything else. Like you maybe you also didn't eat as much or like typically that's going to be it um, or it could be stress. So don't look too much to the exercise in that case but if it is that you started in november and then since then you haven't got the period then yeah there's something about the exercise that's not able to be supported whether it's that you're not eating enough protein or carbohydrates to go with that um you lost weight and you you introduced the exercise but you didn't introduce more calories so now you're back in a caloric deficit 
if you haven't been recovered for very long, it's highly likely that your body's going to be sensitive to that. And so that makes a lot of sense. I hope that that helped. Okay. Mm-hmm. This question. No. Okay. Fatima asks, what do you think of very mild pain in the left uterus, very low abdomen? I've been experiencing it for a while, but still no period. So I actually do get this one a lot. Um, obviously, there is only one uterus. So I think Fatima just means the lower left side of the the left side of the uterus or the left ovary. Um, I do hear people be like, oh my gosh, I've got this sensation. I'm feeling something in my ovary. And that is really um, kind of common. But the problem is that it's really subjective. So I don't know 100% what you're feeling or if it's the same as what my other client or Q&A person is describing. So just keep that in mind that I, I just don't know for certain. But I do feel um, a sensation around ovulation. And I did feel it in my first menstrual cycle as well, I remember. Because you'll hear people be like, oh, I, I know when I'm ovulating. I'm one of those people. It's really true. You can feel it. It's an organ. You can feel your heartbeat. You can feel your lungs fill. Um, you can feel your uterus and your ovaries doing stuff. And it makes sense that when your uterus and ovaries have been dormant for months or years, they've been doing nothing. They've just been sitting there getting dusty. Suddenly, they're bringing follicles to maturation they're producing cervical mucus they're building the uterine lining and eventually they're preparing to contract to get rid of that uterine lining because you're not pregnant it's like you're probably gonna feel something that just kind of makes sense so i do think that people are feeling that and even if it's going on for a really long time you know the beginning of recovery your your menstrual cycle your this organ is starting to do stuff from a dead stop so expect it to take time, expect it to need to like warm up and, and attempt to bring a follicle to maturation and attempt to ovulate, but like need a few tries and, and not look the same way a menstrual cycle that has been going on in a positive feedback loop for a really long time. Do not expect it to look like that. Um, additionally, it could be gas. <laughs> okay here's a long one this is a long one let's go lydia i heard of the all-in approach a few years ago and i thought i would give it a try lo and behold my period arrived the next month however when i reduced to a maintenance intake of 2300 calories a day my period ceased entirely. Interesting. At the time, I wasn't at all concerned. I knew it could take up to several months for my body to establish a regular cycle. So I decided to let it be. A year later, there were still no signs. I upped the calories again and got a period. Admittedly, this scared me a bit. It was easier to believe the previous year was a coincidence and not a coincidence. Oh, and not a consequence of eating more. Why? When I overload my body with food, I get my period the following month. I have not been in a calorie deficit for years, not since I was anorexic at ages 11 to 17 and eat regularly throughout the day. 
my weight is stable, averaging a 53 to four pound, a 53 kilos in a four pound range. We're mixing up metrics. All right. Um, and for my height at 174 centimeters, so for those of you wondering, that is tall and not unhealthy, obviously. Uh, so, okay, so 53 centimeters, uh, sorry, 53 kilos at 174 and not unhealthy. I'm going to pause right there before I finish the rest of the conversation. I have calls like this with women all the time. I'm this tall and I'm this weight. I'm totally healthy weight. I'm not saying you're not a healthy weight, but I am saying I would 100% lose my period at that size. I'm shorter than you, and I never got as lean as 53 kilograms. So if this is you, and this is so many of you, y'all. I'm not just talking to um, Lydia right now. This is like all the time. I'm going to need us all to take a breath and look at our height and weight. And realize that just because you are not at that weight that like your friends are worried about you. Like, oh, I'm worried about you. You're so thin. Just because that's not you does not mean you are not lean. And I'm telling you right now, if you're 173 centimeters and you're 58 kilograms, I'm not ready to let you convince me that you're definitely at a healthy weight okay obviously being in a calorie surplus long term is sustain is unsustainable is there an alternative to restoring my cycle i'm not an obsessive exerciser ironically i have me so aside from the floor exercises i do each morning my lifestyle is sedentary it has been a year since I last menstruated. Could this be related to being, being severely anorexic during adolescence? I was hospitalized three times. Might I have acquired damage to the hypothalamus from chronic malnutrition? I was late to reach my menarche, get my first period. I was 17. And I have only had a handful of periods since. Sorry if this sounds jumbled. My mind is all over the place. No, it wasn't jumbled. It was all solid. Makes a ton of sense. You know, I could agree with you that there's potentially your history needing to be taken into account. You do not get to compare yourself to anyone, quite frankly, but especially not to um, someone who never had anorexia. You know, you just like don't get to get to do that. So considering your past... There was a lot of stress and we all know eating disorders don't go away. You learn to navigate them instead of them navigating you. You establish a better relationship with food and exercise. You stop doing those behaviors, but it's still there. Causing you stress, subconsciously driving some of your actions, telling you that at 174 centimeters, you are a healthy body weight at 53 kilos. That is the eating disorder, having those conversations with you either partially or completely. So I do think that there's an element of stress in there that is like going to take you quite a while to get back to an, a homeostasis for your hormones. Let me reread some dates on here. 
a few years ago, gave it a try um, and got her period back the next month. That's really great. So, however, she went to maintenance intake. So I don't know what your calories were when you got your period back versus the maintenance intake. So if you were eating like 3000 calories and you probably don't know, you weren't tracking. I, I don't know. Maybe you were. If you're eating like 3000 calories and then you went to 2300 that's a huge drop. So you may not have titrated down appropriately. So that like sudden drop in food is scary. Um, it's possible that you get all of your calories from diet foods still, like rice cakes, low fat foods. Um, you swap like sour cream for Greek yogurt. You eat low carb bread and you mostly eat leafy greens and you eat only lean protein and like everything that you all of your calories that you eat are diet food this can be contributing so there's tons of areas you can go in but what i want you to know is that it's possible your weight is still too low and that's a contributing factor so although you feel that you are at a sufficient weight although you feel that you don't exercise and it should be not a big deal if your body is still hypersensitive your body weight could be a deal could be a thing i'm just gonna i'm gonna introduce that to you and then if there are any other um things that come up for you just let me know and we can we can keep chatting um okay i mean i have more i'm supposed to go and jump on a meeting right now Okay, I'm going to jump on a meeting right now. So I'm going to stop and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do more in another episode. But yeah, if you have a question, please submit it to the podcast either by coming to YouTube, put it on a, a comment on a video, any video, I'll see it, I'll find it. Um, or come to Instagram, ask me a question on Instagram and we would love to have you. So our Instagram is at Danny Sheriff or at the AJ, the AJ Society, at the AJ Society please subscribe to this channel. I love that you guys are here. I love trying to grow YouTube. It's really, really fun. And I would appreciate it beyond belief. And I hope you like my studio. Okay. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, And I want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer we use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear 
the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but i may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of ha and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything you know you're absolutely 100 percent dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. 
They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.